one day some of the aunties there who were like who were sitting uh, i mean with whom i was sharing the area with right uh, cabin with yeah, yeah they thought you know that i am dead because i did not wake up for almost like what more than one day so they were very scared and they came and they were shaking me up like wake up wake up what happened are you okay are you okay and you know what they thought that i cannot speak uh, hindi so they were talking to each other in hindi where they are like oh mujhe lagta hai ye mar gayi ha mar gayi hogi uthi nahi rahi hai and all that you know Hello and welcome to another episode of my podcast. I'm your host Shada Bakhtar Rabbani and today I'm joined by journalist turned corporate professional Limi. Uh welcome to the podcast Limi. How are you doing? Uh hi Shada, I am doing great. And what about you? I'm absolutely fine. So let me tell the listeners. So Limi is from Arunachal Pradesh that is from northeastern part of the country. and she resides in hyderabad she did her graduation as well as her masters over there and yeah so let's today she's going to be tell she's going to be telling us about her life back in arunachal pradesh and how things have been since then so yes limi uh, how was it growing up in arunachal pradesh hi so um as you have introduced me in the beginning that i come from arunachal pradesh yeah So I would like to tell you a little more about the geography, the place that I come from. Sure. So I come from the eastern part of Arunachal. Okay. Okay. So it is called uh, Lower Dibang Valley. Okay. The name of the district is Lower Dibang Valley. Okay. And uh, I come from an ear. Uh, I come from a, the. I come from the headquarters, which is called Roing. Okay. So it has a population of around maybe uh, let's say twenty thousand to thirty max. not more than that and we cannot call it a village nor we can call it city it's it's more like a town okay uh, it's a very peaceful place and uh, it's surrounded by valleys amazing place very beautiful so yes i grew up in that area i grew up in that very beautiful place growing up uh, honestly speaking childhood my childhood has been really tough it has been tough because uh, you see uh, today you know i was reading a very interesting article where i was coming across this uh, uh, an interest an interesting article which talked about the poverty in our country so the kind of the poverty is there are different levels of poverty okay like when i was reading the article and then there is like chronic poverty there is like seasonal poverty and then there is a transient poverty so i can place myself in the category of transient poverty like you know the kind of okay setup yeah the kind of background that i grew up with was transient poverty which means you had money once in a while because uh because you sold something maybe my father made some basket out of a bamboo plants and then he sold it and then he got some money let's say he got 100 to 200 bucks yeah and that time he has the money right but then how long will you have this money you will not have you will have for, for you will have this money for a while so yes that's what it transfer poverty and that's how my mostly my childhood has been i grew up with a lot of sacrifices because uh i was uh, i was the el- like i am the eldest in my family and i have five sisters and one brother so we are total seven we were eight actually but uh, there was uh, one more child before me but unfortunately she died when she was very young 
I think a year and a half old she was when she died. She died because my father could not afford medicine. And uh, yeah. So yes, now I'm the eldest in my family. So while I was growing up, I learned many things. First and foremost, I learned how to stay hungry. You know, uh, like hunger is something that teaches a lot of lessons. And secondly, I would like to say I learned how to sacrifice. You know, how to live a life of uh, compromise. Like my parents, my mom and dad will get me something. Then we had to, like for example, my dad got a bread. Okay. Yeah. Then we had share the bread very equally among all of us. Okay, and we are not just like two or three kids. We are like seven, yeah. and then a small quantity of bread. Like, uh, I mean, as a child, as a growing child, you will eat a lot, right? And I believe people who are poor, they mostly eat more, like comparatively, because you don't have anything. And when you get something, you just crave for more. So that's how I grew up. You know, like uh, sharing. with a siblings and unfortunately my dad was um, alcoholic back then but then luckily he is not now so because of his uh, yeah because of his uh, alcohol uh, alcoholic nature he used to drink most of the time so most of the money that he used to get you know a little money that he used to earn from here and there because my father did not have a job so from the agriculture that he produced and he sold He used to get some money. Some money. He would uh, mostly uh, spend that money in drinking. And there were days when we did not have anything to eat, and it was very sad. Like, and there was time when we did not have food for weeks. So obviously, as a child, you have to eat something. And what will you do? So we used to go to the jungle. So in jungle, we used to have this kind of something called wild potatoes. Okay. 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 Uh, I mean, I'm translating roughly into English in our language. It's called something. It's something. It grows in so, the wild. So, because you uh, spoke about language, could you tell us what language do you speak in Arunachal Pradesh? Because this is still a very much of a gateway into Arunachal Pradesh. Of course, we're talking about your childhood, but we would also like to know more about the community, the language. Uh, if you could tell us some light on that. Okay. So. Um, Uh, I speak a language which is called Idu Mishmi. Okay. 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 Yeah. Uh Idu Mishmi. So uh so uh, so the main language the main branch okay it's Mishmi. Okay and under Mishmi there are three Mishmi Idu Mishmi and Digaru Mishmi and Miju Mishmi. So I come from the sub uh, sub category which is called Idu Mishmi. Okay. Can you believe that Arunachal has the largest South Asian languages in the world? Oh. I know that's a yeah that's surprising but yes it is because uh, you know what you see in Arunachal it's such a diverse uh, language such a diverse uh, culture tradition you know variety of all this kind of uh, culturally uh, Arunachal is so vibrant it's so beautiful you know every uh, kilometer you go every uh, every kilometer you go you know there is a language change there's a uh, there is a dialect i mean language change there's a cultural change and there is a traditional tradition change can you believe that wow i mean so, that's, that's yeah. really interesting uh, because yes. you know when we talk about uh, india in general we talking about like you know we do talk about uh, we do talk a lot about the you know hindi speaking states and uh, like you don't see a lot of cultural differences like when you 
if you're going from Madhya Pradesh to Uttar Pradesh, generally, and these are huge states, and now you're telling me like you know you go a few kilometers into Arunachal Pradesh and there's complete change of culture. So that's quite interesting. Yes, each language, okay, each language has their own culture. Each language has their own tradition, their different different way of celebrating the festival and all that. Like so many, uh, like it's very beautiful and it's very vibrant. So uh, yeah. So but then you know uh, because we have so many languages, okay, what you can what you can call it as a vernacular languages. We have got so many languages. The common language that we people interact is mostly is Hindi. Oh. But then our okay. Yeah. But then yeah, I know it's very interesting. You know. You know what? I'll tell you one more very interesting trivia about uh, northwestern states, about Arunachal basically. So, Arunachal is uh, the only state in uh, you know the only state in northwestern state uh, where uh, people almost ninety percent of the population speaks Hindi. Oh, I didn't know this. And yeah, and also in Arunachal, uh, English is the official language. Like we don't have any particular like uh, like for example, in you stay in Delhi. Delhi, you have uh, four Hindi lang- and English, right? English, Hindi, Urdu, Punjabi. These are the four languages, official languages of Delhi. Like, if you go and see any signboard about any place, any location, it will be in these four languages: English, Hindi, Urdu, and yeah. Punjabi. Yes, but in Arunachal, we just have uh, English. Yeah, but but then obviously we do have Hindi as well because many people speak Hindi. But then English is like we can call it the official language. I understand. I understand. So, yeah. Yeah, but the Hindi that we speak is very—it's not the Hindi that you will hear someone who speaks in North India or uh, some part or in or in Delhi. Right. It's a very very—it's—it's uh, a Hindi what we call very popularly as Arunachali Hindi. Interesting. Interesting. So there is no grammar basically, no ek vachan bahu vachan stealing pulling nothing. I, I get Just, it. <laughs> So it's it's yeah. it's basically a bridge between different tribes and different cultural and different cult, uh, vernacular languages. It's a bridge so that everybody could come to one common point and then you know have that communication. Uh, I guess that's what uh, that's why the Urdu, I mean the Hindi is being used. Uh, yes, yes, that is the reason Hindi acts as a you know a lingua franca for most of the people in Arunachal Pradesh. Interesting. So yeah, uh, you yeah. were telling me about uh, tough childhood, and uh, so you said you grew up as the eldest among seven siblings. So how was that? How uh, how about your education? Because you know we know uh, you have done uh, and uh, like your academic background is amazing. You know, uh, coming to Hyderabad and FU and then University of Hyderabad. So how did you get into this education? Like how how's the education scene? In high uh, in Arunachal Pradesh as a child. Okay, so uh, well, so in the podcast, in the podcast, long story, you know, long story short. Uh, so as I was mentioning, as I was telling you that uh, obviously I had a very tough childhood growing up because uh, because of the various reasons that I have mentioned like a few minutes back. But uh, but then you know what? One thing I really respect, I really appreciate, and I really love about my parents, you know, which uh, which uh, for which I'm really grateful today, and I will be grateful forever is for how how supportive they have been. Because see, my parents were not educated, yeah, and but then my parents wanted to make sure, you know, that uh, all the kids in the family they should be studying, 
you know all in the kids in the family they should know how to read and write they should be independent they should uh, they should learn how to uh, i mean they should they should they shouldn't end up like how my parents have ended up so you know with this motive my parents made sure that you know we got the best of the education so i did not study in a government school wow in fact i studied i i studied in one of the best uh, uh, best uh, schools in our uh, area it's a private institution it's run by uh, a priest and nun it's a catholic uh, institution okay so yeah so i uh, i studied there i studied that till my uh, secondary i mean i finished my 10th and then the 11th 12th i studied in government schools like most of my sister in fact all of my sisters and even my brother they, they have all studied from this particular school which is called divine word school which i would like to mention it here and i'm very proud that i'm the alumni of the school today wow. so yeah coming back yeah so coming back i after my 12th i was a little clueless i was wondering what to do next in life i didn't have much idea but back then that was that was a time when one of my friends she suggested that uh, let me why don't you write entrance i think you have the caliber you can actually clear it and then i decided okay why not because you know what when you crack an entrance and then when you get into university or in a college the fees is very less the government institutions right right, right. yeah studying in a private institution like private colleges would be very expensive for me and i don't think so my parents could have been uh, my parents could have uh, could have afforded okay back then so i wrote an entrance and that's how i cleared this uh, i cleared my iflu entrance back then yeah and uh, you know i mean there were just 40 seats i remember and there were like thousands of students who were writing but then luckily i don't know even today how i cleared it but then yes i'm very happy i cleared it and then i told to my parents and my parents were very supportive they said okay you go to hyderabad and you study you become something in life we we we, we wish the best of you okay we wish the best everything for you right but that time so we had a lot of issues you know because you know arunachal and hyderabad you can imagine you know the distance yeah it's quite far <laughs> i hear uh, hyderabad to uh, guwahati which is still far from arunachal pradesh is about 45 to 50 hours of a train journey that's almost a couple of days in the train yes and can you believe that it takes me 5 days to reach my home from hyderabad to arunachal really yes how oh. but then but then now because the bridge you know has been constructed over the brahmaputra things have become little better but then yes back then uh, it used to take almost 5 days five days, days? wow yeah so you know i was in school i didn't have much ideas but then i decided i will cut the train ticket and then my dad you know he came with me till guwahati but then there were some communal rights uh, communal uh, rights which took which took i mean which happened back then so all the trains all the trains have been cancelled and i don't know whether uh, I, i like there was no guarantee that the train would run the next day and if i miss this train or if i don't end up reaching hyderabad then there was no way i could get admission i was in a dilemma i did not know what to do but i had a faith i knew that uh, i was supposed to go i knew that you know so somehow i don't know next day the train i even i just want to say it it's a struck of luck or fortune i don't know shada what should i call this but honestly speaking i never thought you know that uh, i will land up in hyderabad and i will study here because hyderabad no was nowhere even in my plan you know i hope you understand what i'm right. trying to right right of course yeah. but you have been staying in hyderabad for almost like 7 8 years now uh 
ஆனா to be frank because uh, so you're talking about the train journey is it yeah i'm talking about my train journey so this train journey was a uh, kind of little difficult for me because um, i as i told you that you know um, since my parents were not able to provide me all the facilities that i can say it now but uh, so they just used to give me very limited amount of pocket money as i can say that you know so and most of my money was just spent on ticket i did not buy anything extra but yeah so most of the time during my train journey i used to stay hungry for 3 days can you imagine i didn't drink water <laughs> yeah i i only drank water and it was very tough it was very tough but then i knew that it's worth it you had and some days you're to- saying you had no food during your entire train journey like nothing at no all. I, i did not nothing nothing, not nothing. because from those vendors who come and sell uh, things to eat no why because honestly my train ticket costed me like rupees uh, rupees 800 back then 835 i still remember it so clearly and that's a sleeper class <laughs> so yeah it's, so and my father gave me like what 1000 bucks and the rest money i mean at least i should have 100 as a emergency in case what if i need something or in case what even anything can happen right i just can't have zero amount so you used to travel with 100 rupees in the train throughout your journey that's that's the amount you used to carry around with you yes and honestly i am not how how long ago was this this was way back in 2012 that is just 8 years even the 2000s and it's 100 rupees 2012 why do you think shadab i wasn't fasting i wasn't dieting or i wasn't i wasn't trying to maintain my figure but it just that i did not have a choice i i i come from that background and i understand and see it's not just me alone that my parents have to take care or it's not just me alone where my parents have to fulfill whatever i needed there are so so, uh, there are, so because it's really uh, like i'm amazed uh, that's one thing uh, the second thing is uh, like i'm amazed at how you could be traveling especially in sleeper class with other people like you know in generally in sleeper it's a very community thing especially when you're on a longer journey because i've done that so uh, everybody becomes a friend of the other you know your co-passengers or your family for a couple of days when you're traveling so how did they react to this like didn't you uh, didn't they offer you food or like how how was that so i'll tell you okay whenever i booked my ticket i used to book the upper berth you know not the middle one not the lower one the upper berth okay because there nobody disturbs you so i would sleep the whole day whole night i would sleep even if i'm not sleepy i would just be lying down there and you know what 
I'll, this is not a funny this is one of the funny incident that happened to me i was continuously sleeping throughout the day throughout the night and even the next morning i was not sleeping sleeping i was just lying down i don't want to come down sit there and look at and you know look at other people eating because that would make me feel more bad so i would just stay you know on my bed wherever i was uh, like sitting i would just stay there so one day some of the aunties they were like who were sitting uh, i mean with whom i was sharing the area with right uh, cabin with yeah. yeah they thought you know that i am dead because i did not wake up for almost like what more than one day so they were very scared and they came and they were shaking me up like wake up wake up what happened are you okay are you okay and you know what they thought that i cannot speak uh, hindi so they were talking to each other in hindi where they are like oh mujhe lagta hai ye mar gayi ha mar gayi hogi uthi nahi rahi hai and all that you know <laughs> so yeah i i, I mean jokes apart so yes i i never i know uh, i understand the question that you asked you know that you become like your friends you know you become like an extended family because this you have a, like a journey of a yeah, mind yeah you are like a, a traveling partner everybody is like a family like that's what i have felt so you know that's why i was a little amazed and i was surprised so i i asked you that question yeah, but not always shada i mean i first of all i did not talk much because my parents would always warn me that don't talk to anybody don't eat anything been offered by anybody don't do this don't 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 like you know like 10 commandments which they will be giving me before i start my journey right. and then i was a very obedient child i will listen to them okay like, obedient isn't like you know i will i won't make any unnecessary conversation unless it's needed and yeah so that's how my journey train journey went Wow. So uh, now, when you look back, Limi, I mean, uh, you have a successful career. Uh, uh, congratulations on that as well. Uh, so, how do you look back at your journey, and what were your key takeaways? Like, you know, uh, what did you learn from these experiences? Like, you know. Okay. First of all, I would, I want to say that see, life is a journey. Okay, that. which must be traveled no matter how bad the roads or accommodations are okay and and that's how throughout my life okay one thing that i have always been and one thing that i'm always proud of myself is that i have never given up hope i always had a hope always i always had this positive attitude of life full of energy you know people around me would be filled filled with negativity and they'll be like oh my life is oh this that you know but i was just the opposite i will be like no i mean come on we have a life i mean what else can be more greater than the gift of the life that we all have so that was one of the very positive attitude you know because of which i i i did not give up and looking back honestly i have learned so many things so many things and you know what today yesterday i was just cleaning my cupboard but even i i was just uh, cleaning my books and my uh, stationeries and all that i was just arranging myself and then i come across my diary so i started writing diary when i was in second standard class 2 really okay. yeah so initially when i used to write a diaries it was a very uh, completely messed up because i just used to write like 10 sentences or maybe 2 uh, 3 sentences in a day 
like for instance if i had a good day then i will be like okay today was an amazing day today was a good day today nice day okay good finish that so that's how i started writing my journey uh, about my journeys in life i used to like kind of you know every day if there is something dear diary moment i will immediately take out my diary and then just jot that down like because you know why uh, years from now when i look back and when i see the diary then i try to connect the kind of person that i was back then and the kind of thoughts that i had and the kind of belief that i had and the kind of principle that i had and today when i look back then i see the changes and then i try to incul- you know i try to uh, calculate i try to kind of uh, analyze that how much have i grown you know how much have i changed so yes and then i found my diary okay my diary which i got in 2008 i found this diary because the earlier diaries i lost okay but then fortunately i had this 2008 and 2009 and 10 and then other two three diaries more i had and i was reading them and you know what you will not believe i just had all these smiles on my face thinking that oh my god i just can't believe you know it's like you know you are looking back at your old facebook account Yeah, yeah yeah the memories that pop up every day <laughs> yes and then you are like oh my god what was i thinking <laughs> <laughs> agreed right right i get it i get it so uh, what did you find in that diary what was so yes uh, so every new year okay because there was a concept of resolutions writing every new year right and yeah. even today it's very popular for instance people write okay uh, new year resolution i'll uh, start working out resolution yes or start working out <laughs> you go for two days in the gym and then you are done with the resolutions right yeah yeah so yeah so simultaneously i found a lot of resolutions in my diary and trust me those resolutions were so dumb i used to write resolutions like makes little friends <laughs> what does that mean careful as in like you know what uh, see i am a kind of person who is very social i talk a lot i i love to talk okay like i love to communicate i love to socialize okay yeah. so even when i was child even when i was a child even when i was growing up i used to talk a lot and then have a lot of friends okay okay and one day you know i had this kind of um, deep self intervention where i realized that okay you know what having too many friends it doesn't count what counts is having two three friends in your life who you will value them most okay or who are going to be your true friends even when death of do us apart or something like that okay so those were my resolutions back then yeah okay yeah and i and i seriously used to write them in my diary but then today when i look back i'm like oh my god seriously and and then when i was like you know i had all this friends bunch of friends when i was in school and if there was any special friend of mine as in like you know if there was somebody who was my crush okay yeah so i i i used to write his name okay this is my crush okay and then how long the crush lasted like for example i i saw this guy when i was in uh, maybe 7th standard okay? okay and the crush lasted maybe till 8th uh, standard okay. so how long the crush lasted okay just a year it's like okay no cross you know those kind of small funny you know which is like stupid but then today when i look back i feel like oh my god it was like one hell of an adventure i had like seriously wow so i mean 
I believe, you know, the only impossible journey is the one you never begin. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, uh, let me looking back uh, at your journey. What is that one point that you're like, you know, this is what everybody should have. This is one quality. Okay. So, you know what? talking on that i can give a lot of good tech talk on that saying ki okay <laughs> you know what blah 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 okay don't give up uh, be persistent keep fighting be determined yeah. have a uh, self confidence you know a lot of things okay but then today you know when i am today here talking with you in this podcast yeah i would like to uh, you know this is especially for the people whoever is going whoever is listening to this podcast okay? yeah I would like to say that people please have uh, a knowledge about a very beautiful part of India which is called the northeast okay see uh, you know the first time when i came to hyderabad i just could not digest the fact that there were so many people who doesn't even know where arunachal is so they are like oh you from china i'm like no nepal i'm like no and then like oh where then i'm like oh i'm from arunachal pradesh oh, then the capital like, is itanagar <laughs> yeah i'm like okay i'm from arunachal pradesh and they're like where is arunachal pradesh yeah then i'm like okay um, you seem like But, someone who is very educated but how come you don't even know where arunachal pradesh is i mean have you studied geography when you were in school like you know this kind of counter questions i can ask them back but i don't because i know there's no point so i tell them you know what i take all the patience all the patience that i have uh, in uh, within me i tell them arunachal is like one of the northern states in india okay yeah. and they're like and it is the neighboring states are uh, one of the neighboring states is assam because assam is comparatively more popular right right yeah so yeah so they're like oh okay you're from assam say like that then i'm like okay fine it's no point explaining to this I mean, to this particular person, whoever wants to know that where I am from. So you see, this used to happen like almost uh, eight years, nine years back. Okay, but even still today, nothing has changed, Shadab. Nothing has changed. Even today, when I go out, people be like, "Oh, China. Oh, uh, Nepali. Oh, yeah. Oh, like many things. Like they will call me a lot of stuff." How do you cope up so with I'm, that? It's very difficult. Like. I think with time I got pretty much immune. I used to react when I was new to this place. Okay, see, honestly speaking, Hyderabad is my second home, and I love this city. Anybody saying some stuff about Hyderabad, I just can't bear it. I I'm totally in love with the city, and it's my second home. But when it comes to uh, when but when it when it comes to people, when uh, knowing you know uh, accepting where you are from and. knowing the background is i think something that we are lacking behind and there is a uh, i think there's lot of uh, way to go like even still people they don't know about uh, north of india let's say people have not much idea about okay you're from arunachal okay you're from assam oh you know this kind of stuff is still there and it's very difficult like in the times of pandemic there were times you know when people call me corona then people call me corona virus I mean, and you spoke out uh, about it i think even on twitter and uh, i think a few news channels as well uh, covered that story when you were called like you know uh, when you were racially abused yeah say you know what since 
time immemorial okay let's say that let's accept that since time immemorial we people have been called with so many derogatory names like chinky momo chinese so many names and i believe it's um, the the another term the latest term okay coronavirus is just another addition of the racial slur in the lines of the racial slurs that's all so yes i i tweeted about it okay and then i don't know i just tweeted about it and then it went very viral in hyderabad yes. and it was even tweeted by uh, ktr and some other ministers and all that also as far as yes. i remember Yeah. And then, um, and you know what? It was not just happening with me. Every day, I used to see a lot of videos, a lot of I used to read different articles, different news stories where all these newspapers are carrying stories on how uh, some girls in some Manipuri girls in uh, Bangalore and some parts of Karnataka, some parts of West Bengal, and some parts of Delhi, they were being racial, racially abused where they have been addressed as coronavirus. So. this stories has been there i mean i have been reading this it's difficult to cope up with this all but then i hope someday um, people will realize this and and as i said as i told you that I, hope is something that i don't give up i mean the, in, right. in times of crisis in times of impossible i keep my hope alive so hello hello uh, hello your voice is breaking again Yeah, can you hear? Yeah, yeah, I can. Can you continue with your sentences? I'll take this part out. Okay. So, yeah, as I was saying, uh in times of corona, it is not just me but people from north people from north are having a very difficult time because uh, when this uh, when uh, when this corona virus was spread all across the world, we were being called coronavirus. and not just this when um, you know there this incident happened to me just almost 2 months back 2 months ago i was just going out to buy some grocery shop so there were few boys who were sitting uh, there were few boys okay few guys who were standing on the road they saw me and they were like in nepali uh, leave this uh, leave this country go back to your place okay and then i walked little ahead and then there was when somebody called me Hey China, go back to your country. I mean, so this this episode happened when uh, remember the Galwan Valley incident? Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. So when the Galwan Valley incident happened, okay, and also when there was a, a dispute over uh, Kalapani region between India and uh, Nepal. So Right. Yeah, this happened this incident took place, you know, it happened to me during during this time. so you can see no matter how much we consider ourselves indian okay no matter how much we say that no i'm from india but still uh there are some people out there who still racially abuse us in so many ways you know what see we say that being a woman is so unsafe okay being a woman you are not even safe in your own household and uh, uh, and being a woman who is from minority and especially if you are a woman who is from northeastern uh, from from northeastern states i'm telling you this out of experience you are the you are the most vulnerable creature out there okay because you will always call with different names and yes 
you know what shut up i think i got used to this all of this i i don't react because initially i used to react i used to get angry i used to abuse them back sometimes i used to say them hey if i am a chinese then you will look like a pakistani you know just out of frustration out of anger i used to say this but then with time i have realized okay there's no point in arguing there's no point in uh, defending you know because what if uh, there's a reaction from the other side what if they come and you know hit me or something you know so yeah with time i realized it's better to avoid right so what's uh, one thing you would like the people who don't know much about northeast india to know about northeast india or even arunachal pradesh in general okay my dear people out there okay i'm telling you this because i'm from a northeastern state i'm from one of the northeastern states i'm from a, i'm from a very beautiful place called arunachal pradesh which is also popularly called the land of donlid mountain okay hey yeah i'm telling you that northeast is very beautiful and so are the people the people are the people are very hospitable and we feel that we are indian as much as you are and we don't want anything you know we don't want anything much in return but we we just want an acceptance an acceptance that okay yes you are also india you are also part of this country you are also equally uh, belong to this place so yeah i mean we don't want anything much we just want an acceptance we don't want to be called by various racial derogatory names we don't want we want to be treated well we don't want to be uh, stereotyped where it's like uh, okay a northeastern girls they are like kind of cheap northeastern boys or oh, they are into drugs we don't want to be stereotyped we don't want to be uh, stereotyped on the basis of the way we dress we don't want to be stereotyped on the basis of the uh, language that we speak the kind of movie that we watch we don't want to be stereotyped we don't want to be uh, you know we don't want to be stereotyped based on any of this the only thing that we want is that we are human as much as you are and we are indian as much as you are so the only thing that we want is nothing but an acceptance and the love that you have for your other fellow beings the same love we want that's all right of course uh, i just hope and pray that the situation gets better and you know everybody not just indians everybody knows about racial discrimination that goes uh, around against different communities even like either racial discrimination or islamophobia or any kind of discrimination you know happening across the world so i just hope uh, people know more and they stop doing that so quite an inspiring uh, story you told us i hope a lot of us take a lot of inspiration from that i mean for me it sure is a very inspiring story especially of uh, being hungry for two days or more than two days that's something i still cannot digest and yeah so thank you so much for your time limi uh it was yes. i i hope my listeners benefit from this story and i wish you all the best in your career and also shadab i want to say that let us all have a purpose you know i mean we all want to have a purpose okay i want to have a purpose i have a purpose okay like i i have a purpose in my life and my purpose is to be happy that's all 
right right uh, thank you so much i hope to thank have you, you back on the show really soon uh, yeah sure thanks a lot <laughs>